is the Dealer News Today podcast, the podcast for automotive executives and the professionals who support them. Hey, what's up, folks? And welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Dealer News Today brought to you by Cox Automotive in partnership with the Dave Canton Group. I am your host, Derek D. Yep, the same Derek D who in one day drove a bunch of Hennessy-tuned cars on a drag strip in Texas, totaling over 2,000 horsepower for the 2,000th episode of Fast Lane Daily. Yeah, feel free to look it up. But today, I'm here to talk to not one, but two guests on the show. That's right. Double the pleasure, double the fun. And I think we should get right into it. My first guest is the lender solutions strategist for Cox Automotive with over 20 years experience. Please welcome Andy Mayers to the show. Hey, thanks a lot, Derek. Thanks for having us today. Look forward to sharing some great ideas with you. Yeah, appreciate you coming on the show. It's your first time on Dealer News today. Uh, before we get started, though, where are you from? I'm originally from Maryland. Um, big Ravens fan for those Baltimore fans out there. But <laughs> I, I live in Long Island now and uh, have been here for a long time and enjoy the island. It's a beautiful place to live. Oh, yeah. Also, big Ravens fan, huh? I'm a Giants fan, so the year 2000 is still a little bitter for me. Yeah, it's, it's a big game for us. <laughs> yeah, winning the Super Bowl always is. Uh, but you're in Long Island, so that brings me to my other guest who also lives in Long Island, and it's actually his second time on the show, so he's a veteran to DNT at this point. So let me welcome back the AVP of Operations at Cox Automotive, Emil Bonga, to the show. Emil, how are you, man? Hey, hey, Derek. Thanks for having me back again. I appreciate it. And I am, too, a big Giants fan, so I, I'm glad to be on the team here. <laughs> yeah, so it's me and you, the Giants fans, versus uh, Andy, the Ravens fan. But both you guys are in Long Island, so are you, like, really close to each other? Yep, yep. We're actually, uh, I think we're about 15 minutes away from each other. Oh, nice. Do you, do you day-to-day work uh, with each other? or we, You know, normally we would do in the corporate office, but we've all been at home for almost a year now. So we do see each other on webcams uh, pretty much daily still. Yeah. Well, you know, once uh, once we kick COVID out of here, then, you know, be a little more in-person stuff going on. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and uh, Andy, you know, you, you've, you've had over 20 years experience in providing software to dealers and financial institutions. Talk a little bit about that or explain your experience in that in that field. Yeah, I, I actually started my career working for a um, systems company that built origination systems for lenders doing credit and contract processing and uh, evolved into uh, you know delivering the online applications between dealers and lenders, you know, dating back to, believe it or not, the, the mid-90s. I can't believe I'm saying that. But... Um, <laughs> And eventually, my two, the company I worked for in DealerTrack came together in 2003. So I've actually been at DealerTrack since 2003, you know, working to make the the uh, auto financing industry as efficient as possible, as automated as possible, and and really work very closely with all the lenders and the dealers and and help them, you know, finance get get approvals and finance contracts and build efficiencies in our marketplace. So yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it. Great. It's crazy when you think about it, like 2003, you're like, oh, that wasn't that long ago. But then you think about it, like 2003, that was like, well, like what, you know, 17, 18 years ago, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. <laughs> you think about it like we're like, oh, that's not that long ago, but it is. So we'll, we'll uh, we, uh, I appreciate you coming on the show, both you guys on Dealer News today. And we're going to jump right into some questions here that I have for you guys. Again, you can answer, you know, piggyback off each other and, you know, just to have a good conversation here because there's a lot of dealers and dealerships and uh, salespeople out there listening, and they do love uh, hearing all this stuff. So, uh, you know, consumer demand is there, and they're showing how they prefer to buy, I think, especially right now. So, Andy, 
What about the ability to purchase and what are we seeing around that? Well, it, it's, you know, the ability to purchase is there. The auto finance industry has always been a perfect marketplace. Um, but there has been some, you know, some shifts a little bit. One of the things we do is uh, at DealerTrack, we have an auto credit availability index now, which is a great way for people to understand what's happening with the transaction activity. Right. There's been a slight decline in, um, in our loan index, you know, in January. So it's a little bit harder for people to get credit in the month of January, but it's still, you know, the access is still there. I mean, you know, our lenders did, you know, get a little bit tighter when it came to that, but, you know, credit access remains available a little tighter than it was compared to last year. But, you know, I think a lot of it is, you know, the industry is flowing and people are still getting funded and financed and we're still seeing, you know, as we've seen before, 85% of new vehicles are still purchased. That's been that number forever. Mm. Um, so I, I feel like there's an opportunity. And, and I've always explained the auto finance industry is a perfect marketplace. There's always a loan opportunity for somebody out there um, to get financing. So I, I feel like there's plenty of opportunities for our consumers to get financing. Yeah, And the dealers do a great job of, of servicing that on behalf of them. Yeah, I actually just uh, recently refinanced my car and got a way better um way better percentage rate than I had. And I did that in, yeah, in January, actually. So yeah, I guess it is, it is, you definitely still can. Um, Emil, let me jump, let me jump over to you. Now, uh, I know Andy was talking about dealer track, which is part of the Cox automotive family of brands. You know, it's uh, synonymous in the auto retail industry with F and I dealer track actually pioneered the online credit app back in the early two thousands. We were talking about the early two thousands just before, and this technology tracks and publishes some of the deepest data and insights that are available. So let's talk about some F and I trends to watch in 2021. Um, maybe some macro level indicators that affect F and I specifically. Also, you know, if anyone listening doesn't know exactly what, when you say F and I means throw that out, throw that out there as well. Cause there might be someone who's like, Hold on, let me let me let me find out exactly what they're talking about. You know, a dealer. Yeah, yeah, sure. Sounds good. I mean, first, F and I stands for finance and insurance. Sure. It's uh, it's where I'd say that the meat happens once a consumer selects the vehicle they have interest in. This is about getting the consumer, as Andy said, into the right financing, which is the finance side. Mm-hmm. Insurance is selling them all of the right aftermarket products to really help protect that vehicle investment they made. Followed up by doing all the compliance checks, all the uh, necessary. Uh, paperwork, which now, you know, as we all know, is moving electronically and then getting that consumer into the vehicle so they can, you know, take advantage of it. Um, going back, though, to the, the trends we're seeing, I think the biggest that most of us in the industry, the first thing we all look at and care the most about is really annual new car sales, mm-hmm. which still forecast to be down, but still strong despite all the challenges. I mean, we, we, we look at this at Cox Automotive. So if we were to take February 2021 sales pace for, uh, for forecast, or really we call the SAR, for news cars, it reached almost 16.3 million, which is still a powerful number. Yeah. Down from January 2021, which was at a solid 16.6 million pace, which is down from last year's 16.8 million level. Um, one also thing that I found, I thought was pretty cool and interesting, as we've seen because of the pandemic, and we've all recognized this, that um, it's a really competitive landscape. There's a lot of new digital innovation. There's a lot of new technology and great tools that both consumers and digital and dealerships are leveraging that are, are leading to process efficiencies and higher uh, consumer satisfaction. 
we saw that the average buyer is only visiting two dealerships in the car buying process, which is the lowest it's ever been. And the thing that we've also seen, which is upticked, is 72% of car buyers were highly satisfied with the overall shopping experience, which is the highest that it's been at all time. Is that because half online, half in person? Or um, mostly so online? That's a combination of online and then really going into the dealership to take care of uh, of everything else. So it's a, it's a hybrid of both. Yeah. So do you think, I know you said the numbers are a little lower, but they're not like extremely lower than they were in the, in the past. But what, what, what do you think the reason is for it dropping a little bit? I think it's a combination of um, inventory availability. I think that a lot of the manufacturers are really starting to, um, starting now to catch up. And there's still some work to be done, right? With the at the pandemic fo- uh, fo- uh, uh, forcing closures with a lot yeah. of places where vehicles were being made. So there's just a scarce number of inventory, so that's affected it. Right. I, um, you know, as Andy said, there's some stuff from a financing perspective, but there are loans out there for consumers. But all these things lead up to um, to why there's just a let you know a much less SAR right now than there has been. And Andy, what do you think about that? Do you see it, you know, going forward into 2021? That number rising? Well, I think, you know, SAR is a very interesting thing. I mean, a lot of factors go into that, Derek, just like Angel said, inventory is one of those factors. But obviously, consumer confidence is another one. I mean, there, there is still a, um, you know, some, while there's stimulus checks that are driving some of the economy and stuff like that, there's still people that are not ready to buy new cars and, and move into a new car buying process because of uncertain economic conditions. So that's kind of what drives SAR as well. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, I, I anticipate and I know that Jonathan Smoke, who does an amazing job for us, you know, talks about the benefits of these stimulus checks. They will drive um, car buying processes. And, and traditionally, at this time of year, we actually see, you know, this March becomes one of our largest months by itself because of tax refunds as well. So I, I feel like the consumer sentiment is there. There is some push, you know, pullback from people you know, for confidence and things like that. But the SAR projections are pretty well documented by us. And I think they're really well established. So I, I feel like the, the pace we're on is probably the right pace. Um, yeah, I, I would I would add to what Andy just said here about the taxes. Our, our data is really showing us that tax uh, tax checks are about three weeks behind right now from where they were last year. Mm-hmm. I definitely, to Andy's points, got an effect. So we're anticipating that if you take the tax checks, we're past some of this weather stuff that we saw in Texas and other areas in the West, that we should see a rebound start to occur in the March timeframe. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and moving forward into deeper into 2021. Now, this is like a hypothetical question, but do you think, say, you know, the, the auto industry actually did really well during COVID? I mean, in the beginning, it was like, what's going to happen? Like no one knew and it actually did really well. Do you think if COVID didn't exist, you think the numbers would be higher, lower, or the same? Andy, you want to jump in first? You know, it's, it's, that's a really great question, Derek. I think there's a couple different ways that you could to look at that. I think, first of all, the inventory supply would have been higher. Right. Because the, the, the manufacturers would not have shut down their factories for periods of time. So there are definitely been more inventory. On the flip side, if you look at the results that a lot of dealers had in 2020, they were very profitable. So mm. they were profitable because they were able to actually retain higher prices for their cars. Um, so, so they actually were very profitable in 2020. So I don't know that we 
if, if we had sold more cars necessarily, but but overall, when you look at the data, the dealers adopted very well. They changed their processes. Like Emil said, they moved to, you know, online retailing. They moved to, you know, servicing customers for digital retailing. So 2020 was actually a very profitable year for dealers. I don't know that more cars would have been sold or not uh, due to COVID. I'm sure more availability would have been out there, but I'm not sure that anybody is, you know, really disappointed in what the, the end results were over 2020, given the fact that March and April were basically, you know, fell off the cliff in terms of year over year numbers from previous years and things like that. Right. Right. Emil, anything you'd like to add to that? You know, I, I think there's there's the one piece that Andy started to allude to is efficiency. Um, I think dealerships really picked up over um, from probably in April and continued on through to, to even now is how do they become more efficient, which is why we saw such a growth with the electronic contracting. Mm-hmm. They're recognizing if they could do something uh, electronically or digital, that they can reduce their costs from paper. They can get you know loans funded faster and then get those dollars back from the lenders back onto their books to, to go buy net new inventory. But right. they in as well to profits. Right. And I've said it before on the show, you know, because of COVID and the pandemic, this moving to a more uh, digital retail formula and the advancement in technology and all that stuff, you know, for people to be able to do these things and buy cars from the comfort of their own home and get a lot of the paperwork done at home before going to the dealership, it's basically taking a negative and turning it into a positive. Yeah, we, we agree. Definitely accelerated the digital retailing, at-home delivery, remote signing, you know, it, it's things that dealer track and Cox Automotive have been working on for a couple of years, it definitely accelerated the adoption of those things at a much faster pace than we would have planned prior to the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what are some of the greatest challenges dealerships are facing in regard to their F&I business? Uh, Emil, I'll go to you first and then Andy, you could jump in after you'd like to uh, add anything. Yeah, I think the, the two things that we're seeing um, first is making sure the consumer is qualified. Um, so really, that means um, streamlining that process to ensure the consumer is qualified, really, which is honestly essential to closing deals. Right. This is where a digital workflow, because I can um, have that consumer fill out that credit application online, have all that information sent over to me into the dealership. I really can start working on that consumer's deal way before they even come in. I can know which banks to take them to. I could do the compliance checks. I could do the bureau checks. I could start digging in deep to look at incentives. It really gives me a great head start um, into uh, getting that consumer bought into the deal that they feel comfortable in. The other, which is Andy was talking about earlier, was finding inventory, uh, mm-hmm. which is it's a t- it's a tough thing right now. Getting the right inventory, especially for the area where the dealership is located, with the consumer base they have, getting the right vehicles onto that lot. Um, so they can really get those vehicles sold, which will then move them into the profits that we discussed earlier. And, you know, Andy, I don't know if you had anything else to add there. Yeah, I have two other things we could add to that, Derek. Sure. Um, one is as things move more online, our dealers need to learn how to sell cars more online. So they need to kind of adopt their processes to support the consumer experience. So they're doing a good job of it, but they just have to adopt the fact that you know, Derek went online and filled out a credit application and said he wanted products. Don't forget that, that when he comes in the store, you know, that he did all that work. So it's really important to make sure to continue to, exactly, to, yes. to follow through with the process because that's what our consumers are asking for. The other thing that's been a lot of um, conversation and some things we've had discussions with is maintaining compliance in a new selling experience, right? So 
you know, there are very specific rules about how you can sell a car online, how you can deliver a vehicle. So I think a lot of our dealers, you know, they do a great job of it, but just making sure that they're staying consistent. Fraud is always something, you know, you move online, there's a lot of concerns about fraud. So I think, you know, making sure you use our tools like Out of Wallet, Know Your Customer, Red Flags, OFAC, just to make sure that you're, you're maybe not in front of the customer, so you need to do some more validations of who that customer is and make sure that your processes are compliant in terms of delivering vehicles remotely and you know having customers sign remotely and things like that. So I think those are two other things that you know dealers need to be thinking about as they move into this new model. Right. And you mentioned something too about you know as a as a consumer, you know you want to, you want that process streamlined. You know you want to be able to you know go online, fill things out, get there and you know and you want to enjoy it too. You don't want to be sitting in the dealership for a bunch of hours and you know, if you, if you get there and you're like, well, I just filled this out online. I got to do it here. And like, yeah, well, you know, it, it just, they need to streamline that process. So how does dealer track address the need to streamline processes so that dealerships and lenders, you know, can truly operate, you know, maybe just fully digitally or, you know, with a hybrid, is it an easier said than done scenario kind of thing? Yeah, I'll, I'll start with that. Absolutely. You know, dealer track and Cox have provide, we provide all the tools that can enable that for a dealership. You know, we have transactions, we have services that allow someone to apply for something online, have the application go all the way to a lender, have the decisions go back to the consumer as well into the, our unified platform, full data integration for everything that happens online into in-store so that you don't have to re-enter data, you don't have to ask for information together. So really tying down, tying together the ecosystem of consumer, dealer, and lender Mm -hmm. and using Unify as our platform to kind of centralize all that data. So all of our data is fully integrated into Unify. Connectivity to lenders is fully integrated. Um, if you want to do a remote signing experience, you know, from the Unify platform, you can launch that remote signing. So we use Unify as the hub to tie the two together, but all the data is fully integrated between consumer, dealer, and lender. I, yeah, I, I, I would add that that mm -hmm. the, Eric, the, the question you had there, that's absolutely our mission. It really is to help dealers and lenders make that digital leap. I mean, I, I tell you, um, last month at both NADA and AFSA, DealerTrack launched a new product, which we call Digital Contracting Choice. Right. What, what yeah, I, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. What we love about this is it extends a dealership's functionality to submit contracts digitally to non-integrated, basically paper lenders. I mean, there's some lenders that they just don't right now at this time have the, uh, can make that investment into like a full digital contracting solution, but yet they still want to play in that digital space. Their dealers want to take the benefit of having the same workflow for all the lenders they utilize instead of having to go through a paper workflow. Mm -hmm. This product actually helps us solve that problem. It eliminates errors. It really helps with all those additional steps that you have in a paper process and yeah. it allows all lenders to then play and be treated equally within that, that ecosystem and that workflow. So we've put it in a market. We've got a lot of great feedback, a lot of great initial success with it. And it just, it just adds to the full suite of everything we're offering from a digital perspective. I mean, when we go into a dealership, their staff, they can upload, they can review, they can, sub they can sign and submit all their documents in one single workflow that's eliminating the need for paper handling. This includes all the different data verification. We've got all the business rules built in. We, we let the dealership know if they're missing a signature so they can get that collected before it gets to the lender or before the consumer leaves. 
at what that all does is reduces the number of contract errors. And so it really puts together, we're putting a great digital solution fully into the dealership's workflow that, that they could take advantage with the consumers. So it's pretty That's great. Stuff. Yeah. Do you think uh, some of these lenders though, that aren't fully like digital is because they're still have like that old school mentality, that old school way of thinking like, well, this is the way it works. So why not keep it this way, you know, instead of moving forward? Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah actually it's, the digital contracting choice is a, is kind of a big deal for them because if you think about the traditional processing process, Derek, a dealer puts a paper contract in the mail and sends it to a lender. That takes a day or two, depending on how they did it, yeah. the costs and things like that. So seems archaic even, now. <laughs> yeah. So so even the non-integrated lenders, as we would call them, on our digital contracting choice platform, they know immediately when a contract has been delivered to them because they're getting the contract right off of our portal. Right now, they still have processes behind the scenes, but we've eliminated the time for them to wait for a contract to come in, so they know they're getting a contract from the customer as soon as the dealer submits it for them for funding. They know that the contract is perfected in a way that's consistent with the Amos Pointnomus and signatures. All the rules have been validated. We've made sure all the math works. We made sure the policies are correct. So, while they may have work to do on the back end, they're able to service their dealer by getting the dealer's contract as fast as possible. And they can still fund it the same day, you know, and let the dealer know. So the dealers get the benefit of faster funding. Uh, there's no lost contracts. There's no missing documents, all that stuff. So the, the non-integrated lender, as you would say, still gets tremendous benefit and also is able to service their dealers. So it's it's a really, it is kind of a win-win for for everybody in the uh, financing process. And especially the consumer, because they're getting that information as quick as possible. It's the quickest way they yeah. can get it. Our, our get approved or whatever. Yeah, our consumers are getting approved as fast as possible. And, and with our digital retailing experience, our consumers are getting approved before they walk into a dealership. They know what they qualify for. So when they go through and shop for a vehicle, they know they can afford that car as opposed to, you know, let me start looking for a car and then get to the point where it says, sorry, that, that's nice, but you can't afford that car or you're not qualified from a credit perspective. They know that upfront, it makes their experience a lot better because they're not, you know, sitting in a car they love, you know, I'm going to sit in my Maserati, but I can't afford that Maserati. So I'll, I'll go back to my other vehicle. Right. So I, I, it does set the right expectations for consumers. Um, and it's very interesting because consumers are very honest when they're online about their credit worthiness and that helps them get them in the right car faster. Yeah. Is there any, and this is just an open-ended question, but for example, I had amazing credit, then entered a, I had to enter a debt relief program and my credit took a little bit of a hit. It didn't drop a lot, but it took a hit. But of course, I still pay all my bills. I'm on time with everything. So if that happens to someone or say someone's credit drops to a really low number, is there any way dealerships don't put so much emphasis just on that number and take other things into consideration, like how they are on time with their bills and all that kind of stuff? Is that like the end all be all in getting approved? It's not the end all be all, but it's a barometer to let people know where where they fit relatively to others. Yeah, absolutely. Right? So, so, you know, all of our lenders, you know, have different policies and different ways that they underwrite credit. It's just a, it's just a way for us to have a common view into perspective, but it's by all means, not be all, you know, be all end all. If, if someone's got a 600 FICO score or 700 FICO, FICO score, that doesn't mean, you know, things won't be different or the same for them because each lender is going to be different. 
For sure. That's yeah. that's the importance of auto decisioning because if you get a real application to a lender, they can run it against their true risk-based policies and actually give the best rate and the best, you know, opportunity for that particular customer in that particular vehicle. Yeah, well, that makes sense. I was just curious about that. Emil, uh, your thoughts? I mean, I just agree with what everything Andy said there. I think it was all very well said. Um, this new technology, it really just not only currently facilitates adherence to, to social distancing because of the way we've set up our science solution, mm-hmm. really also continues beyond that. It's going gonna, it's gonna to continue beyond the pandemic. We don't see that what started now is suddenly going to end when this vaccine is fully rolled out. We think that there is change that occurred for the best for the consumer, the dealer, the lender that, that's going to continue. And I think it's going to just keep getting better. Yeah. So we're, we're all very excited about it. Yeah, as you should be. I think so, too. I mean, uh, like I said before, the fact that the industry was pretty much forced to move to this very digital retail heavy way of doing business is a good thing. And even when you you know, don't need to be six feet away from another person and we're getting to that point sooner than later now, for sure. You know, this way of doing business will still be very much the practice. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And uh, what about you, Andy? Anything else you'd like to add before we get going? No, I just thank everybody. You know, love our industry. I think it's an awesome industry to be part of. And thank you for your time. Though. Oh, absolutely. I appreciate uh, both you guys coming on the show. And Andy, good luck to your Ravens next year. And Amel and I's Giants, hopefully get our act together as well. <laughs> That's right. Derek, thank you for your time as always. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Right, take care. Take care. That was Andy Mayers and Emil Bonga for Cox Automotive. Appreciate their time today. That'll do it for this episode of Dealer News Today, brought to you by Cox Automotive in partnership with the Dave Canton Group. Thanks for listening, everybody. I am Derek D, and you can find all my stuff at DerekD.com. Be safe out there, folks. Till next time. Bye, everybody. This is Dealer News Today.